Hi, I'm Irene Yanku, and this is my podcast. I have spent my entire career in dentistry learning. Learning about new technology, techniques to better my clinical skills, and now I'm a practice owner and leader. In life as a learner, I've noticed my truest love for learning has not been about teeth or what material is best to use for a core buildup. It's been learning about people in our dental community. The educators, scientists, clinicians, business owners, and advocates, their stories, their lives, their why, and their what's next. Getting to know them as humans, identifying how they work, what their rituals are, while highlighting them as the true trailblazers in dentistry. And that's what I do here on the show. So hold on to your suction. It's about to get slippery here on the Tooth or Dare podcast. Welcome back, peeps, to another episode of the Tooth or Dare podcast. Peeps recorded live here in Toronto at ODA, hanging out with our friends at Phillips. Thank you for giving us a portion of your booth space for a little bit. We can do part one with my friend, Carrie Highland Lepichek. This episode is sponsored by our friends at Philips. Uh, obviously, you can see that we've been recording here if you're watching this on YouTube. I'd like to introduce you all to Lindsay Daly, who is the Professional Education Manager for Canada. Correct. Also an RDH. Yes. Also a science freak. And all, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And also a really cool person. Oh, thanks. Um, today's topic that we want to discuss is whitening sensitivity. And I use that as a very broad topic more so sensitivity management prevention and what dental professionals can expect or the conversations we should have with our patients before we decide what we're going to do whether it be take home whether it be an in-office zoom procedure um what should that conversation kind of look like and how do we as clinicians take this as part of the the process of care not just like managing something if it happens at the end right so like we know with whitening and not just Philips products with whitening we can have sensitivity the reason is because of that fluid movement and the tubules and um, so sensitivity happens sometimes right and um, we tend to react reactively when yeah. it's already there um, and usually desensitizing agents don't start working right away. So it takes a couple of weeks for, uh, you know, potassium nitrate to start working. So we should be kind of dealing with it proactively, like you yeah. said, versus reactively because uh, sensitivity is actually, I believe, I'm, don't quote me on this, but one of the top reasons that patients don't fulfill the treatment recommendation on whitening. I mean, so anecdotally, I can tell you that that's, one of, that's the first question is, you know, they'll click off on their medical history that they are dissatisfied with the color of their teeth. And when you ask, have they whitened before, are they considering any form of whitening? They're like, I've heard that it makes your teeth sensitive. And they immediately use the P word, pain, right. versus, you know, it being a temporary discomfort. Um, and maybe that's just because there wasn't a protocol in place. There wasn't where, a protocol. And wherever... Exactly. You wherever know. they went and like you know so and then if they're dissatisfied with and then if you ask them 
oh, you did whitening. Were you happy with the color? Sometimes they say, oh, no, I didn't really work. And then the next question should be, well, did you finish the yeah. two weeks or the whatever was recommended? No, my teeth were sensitive. So it's exactly a protocol. Yeah. So you want to address it. So we suggest when you're doing in-office, um, I've I seen your post that you you did talk about the, yeah. the protocol. So you want to recommend a desensitizing toothpaste for your yeah. patient two weeks before. Um, you know, you can recommend ibuprofen um, yeah. about a half an hour prior to treatment for in-office if that's okay and not contraindicated yeah. for your patient. Um, we also suggest using Relief ACP, which is found in the in-office kits. Yeah. Um, it's a phenomenal product. There's amorphous calcium phosphate, so you kind of block those tubules, mm -hmm. uh, partially block them, and then you have the potassium nitrate. So you, that comes in the in-office whitening kit. So we always suggest making those trays in advance prior to doing the in-office treatment so that you can send that home with your patient direct them to wear the ACP prior to coming in. They can even use it for a week or so before. They can leave your office wearing with the trays in. with it in their mouth. It yeah. really just helps things be more comfortable. But how do you feel about a high parts per million, aside from like an over-the-counter potassium nitrite toothpaste? What do you? How do you feel about like a high... 750, 900, 1100, right. 5,000 5, parts yep. per million. 100%. Sodium fluoride. Yeah. That's very important that it's sodium uh, right. because something like stainless fluoride uh, does completely block the tubules, so it can interfere with, with the results. With the results. Um, and as, as well, it does stain. So yeah. you want to stick with the sodium fluoride. So, yeah. yes. Or there's like MI paste yeah. um, that are, are partially blocking the yeah. tubules. So, solutions yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah exactly. absolutely. And I think when, when someone comes to you and says, I don't want to whiten my teeth because of the fear of sensitivity. You can confidently say we've, we've got a process in place for that. Uh, if it's not for sensitivity, is there any other reason why you wouldn't want to do it? Then like, right, exactly. let us control that. So number one is take those impressions ASAP. Right. Right away. Don't wait to take them in between sessions like a lot of people do. Right. Like patient comes in, they're seated. You take their you take their impression and then you put on the gel in the fifteen minute timer and you're frantically We're running to pour. Your stone hardens right, and to, then you yeah. come back. You take the gel off. You put another layer. You run out. You separate them and you drop them. Yeah. And then you're back and then you cut them and like we've done that. Yeah, we've all done it. We've Let's all done be it. Honest. Yeah. Yeah. But is it the best course of action? No. So take the impressions right away. Yeah. If you know you have someone that suffers from sensitivity, sensitivity send right. them home with the ACP gel right. and a higher parts per million right. toothpaste or a toothpaste for sensitivity. sensitivity. Yeah. Make Number sure two. it's not the rapid relief or yeah. a pro, pro, uh, pro right. relief. You want a it's because they completely yeah. uh, block the tubules and it can interfere. Yeah. So you want to do so we a like potassium a, nitrate. So we like a ClinPro 5000. We like a MI paste. We like a sensitivity, like Sensodyne. Yep, the, like regular the Sensodyne. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yep. the OG one. Yep. So those are three good ones. And obviously they come in a different price point too. Right. So that. And right. then... Over-the-counter um, Advil for, you can do, for, yeah, inflam prior. for the inflammatory. Mm -hmm. And then take take those trays home right, up, ACP, right away. Yeah, during procedure, the clinician or whoever's per performing the procedure can paint the relief ACP on, on the, the linguals okay. to help during the procedure. Um, so that's all kind of in office. So you, how do you do that? Just with like a little Q-tip or something? Yeah, you can you just use a little, like a, a little, little brush. micro brush. Mm -hmm, micro brush, yeah. Just and that helps on the too. Yep. And then yep. another tip and trick 
uh, that I use is if I notice that there's uh, wear on the lower Lic upper end tiers, I take the liquid, liquid dam. dam. Yeah. Yeah, I take the liquid dam to the incisal yeah. edges. I even kind of go down a little bit yeah, on the even, lingual yeah, side. Yeah, and you can go down on the lingual. You can go up if there's uh, abfraction or yeah. cover because because the whitening happens in the dentin. Yeah. You're not going to have what we call like a little tan spots. line. Yeah. yeah. It, the tooth will whiten. Yeah. So it help protect and make that patient comfortable. Awesome. Well, mm -hmm. you heard it here first, y'all. Thank you, Lindsay, for You're these welcome. tips. Always a pleasure. And hopefully this helps clinicians feel a little bit more comfortable getting over that, you know, initial barrier. Yeah. Because yeah. nobody wants discomfort. No. I and mean, you don't want your patient and, to be And that's not a good referral for us, no, too, absolutely. right? No. Those Google reviews are very valuable. They are very cool. valuable. Yeah. Here's our episode. All right. I have a question for you. All right. What is it? Do you go by Highland Lepicek? Because I feel like when I see stuff, some people do the both, and then some people do the just Lepicek. Okay, so that is a loaded question because my dad is a dentist, <laughs> yes. and I work with my dad. Jim, Dr. Jim Highland is your dad. Yes, Dr. Jim Highland. I met him before I met you. Yes, you did. Dr. Hygiene, as yeah. we know yeah. him in, yeah, in dentistry. Yeah. Um, and when I would show up to conventions like this, I'd have my name tag on, and it would say Carrie Highland, and they're like, whoa that's your wife? I'm like, that's my dad. So <laughs> when I got married, I'm like, I'm totally taking my husband's name. So then I am no longer showing up as my dad's potential wife. So, so that's the only reason why you married your husband is just, so I, I was, I was on a mission. I'm like, okay, this Highland thing is not working you, out for me. You look cute. You I look like cute. You. You're in. But I, now I, a Lepicek, no one can pronounce it. No one can spell it. So I really didn't think. What do you get? It. How, what, how do, what, what are the, some, I get Lepicek like, oh, with a C. Okay. Yeah. Lepisec, or l I just usually get the lip, the lip, 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 and I'm like Carrie. Just, just call Carrie, me Carrie. Carrie. We're good, Carrie. Got it. Yeah. And my even my doctor when I changed my name, he was like Carrie, Carrie L. I'm like that would be me. That's oh. me. I'm gonna come. That's cute. Yes. Okay. Well, now we know. Your dad is a really cool dude, though. I have to say, dude. I met him before I met you, and uh, he's just like so chill, but also extremely kind. Yes. And. I don't even know how to describe him to people that have never met over audio forum. He is. He's, he's, there's no like BS and there's no, no one's better than anyone else in a conversation with him. And he like listens to understand instead of to respond. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And he's very motivational. He just wants the best for everybody. And so it doesn't matter what role you play or, or what have you. He just wants you to better yourself. And he's just been an inspiration, honestly, especially a huge lead for all the hygienists that we've worked with over the years and the assistants because he really cares about Perio and that's sort of how my passion has kind of matched and, and grown is just from him hmm. using him as one of my earliest mentors ever. I didn't realize how fortunate I was for a few years because he's just your dad, right? Let's but go then, back to those years before oh. we get to where you are now. Start me, start me from like, let's get to know like you as a human being, like birth. Well, let's go back to birth. Okay. And I've also never heard or my story your story yeah okay. so I like, have an interesting story so and I I know your dad but I've never heard or you ever speak about your mom mm -hmm. so I want to let's go to the beginning okay. birth what was birth like for you birth was was great I had a party on Ju July 20th so anyone that has a July 20th birthday okay. we are birthday twins cool. so it was very good nice um I am the second born and of three I'm the eldest daughter so older second brother second born of three so you have a sibling yes I have second born second born of three Wait, children okay of three so, got it um I have a younger sister and an older brother and I'm the only one that decided to go into dentistry 
Isn't that the case, though? That is totally it's the like, case. It's, it's by miracle that you chose to go into dentistry these it, days. It was kind of like a forced thing initially, and I'll get into that in a minute as far as how I ended up and where did dentistry. you? Where were you born? I was born in Toronto. Toronto. Yep. Here. Like yep. right in the heart of the city? Right or? in the heart. East East York Hospital. Born right in the heart of the city. No way. And um, back then, my uh, my mom used to work for my dad as they had his, he bought his own practice early on. And So uh, he, she was a receptionist? Or? She was a receptionist, Kay. yes. And then when she started having children, she was out and yeah. she was looking after kids full time. And my dad worked um, at the hospital in the emergency department no and did a lot of dental care there. And that's how he started to build his practice because no one just came in when you opened your doors sure so he would do the emergency shifts at night and then fill in his days during the day no and way so she was always at home sort of filling in all the gaps with us that way and yeah so then um yeah so i've got the two kids i i am one of three and i have two kids myself fast yeah. forward um but dentistry i didn't want to go into dentistry She's fast forwarding all through the high school years i, I want to know about the high school were you in the band oh we have to i was in the band i went to band camp did just you for the record. wait hold on i, I want to <laughs> guess i want to guess what instrument you played Oh, if I would envision you. Clarinet? No, but trumpet? No, but I did sit in the front row usually. So clarinet. Flute? Yes. No way. I was a flute girl. You were a flautist? I was. I was. <laughs> and I was really impressed that when my son came, was in grade six, so two years ago, he came home with a flute and he's like, mom, you can help me. And I was like, oh, <gasps> we were playing the flute. Yes, totally. I was like, no, no, this is how you play the Christmas concert. Like, this is it. And I'm like, no these way. are the notes. I'm like, Didn't you remembered? I totally remember. It was like riding a bicycle. Um, Yes, it kind was of. definitely so a squ bit squeaky, but we figured it out. <laughs> I was better than the grade six, so I think that was a win. Okay, that was a win. Oh my gosh! Yes. So, so, so then camp. were you, were in your school? What school did you go to? What high school did you go to? I went to Dumbarton, so I used to okay. competitively figure skate. Cool. And so um, I ended up going to Is Dumbarton Elementary. It's high school. A high school. Okay. Yeah, it's in Pickering. So Got it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I lived in Scarborough. I went to high school in Pickering, Ontario. Yeah. At Dumbarton, and I was in the athletic program there for my figure skating. Wow. And um, that's where I spent most of my time was at the rink. I wow. was a yeah a competitive single figure skater and um, interesting. Yeah, it was really fun. Cool. So, cool. Maybe I'm not sure. I think I found myself by about. Were you like a nerdy kid? Yeah, or were I, you like I, the popular one? What was what was your vibe like in school? Initially, I was the nerdy kid, and then by grade eleven or twelve, I definitely had a, a better group of friends. But I also had moved total city, like total schools, um, in grade nine, so I knew nobody going oh, in. So okay. I had to kind of. So find you were my like people. the exotic kid then. Yes, and you got to like choose who your friends were at that point. I did, and because I was in the specialty kind of athletic program we kind of all hung out with each other because yeah. I actually was fortunate from grade nine all the way guys I went to OEC I had that 13th year that extra too. okay good yes that yeah. extra grade lap around the sun baby um and so I always had a spare so I only ever carried three four are we credits. the same age I think so I'm in I'm an 80 baby I know I don't look past you're I don't, born in 80 I'm born oh in 80, so, so I was the last year of OAC okay so, yes, I'm a little bit older than you, but I don't look older than you, I know. So no, absolutely. We, we look like She's we're 25. She's got a great yeah, skincare routine. Yes. Yes. We can talk about that later. Absolutely. But. Okay. Um, so, that, that, so then when did you kind of decide? Dentistry? Dentist, dental, did you st start with dental hygiene or dental assisting? So, I was at York University okay. having 
the absolute time of my life. So being a figure skater, I was like at the rink at 7 in the morning or 6.30. Oh so and then exciting. I would go from 7.30 or 6.30 in the morning to 8 o'clock, rush to high school, go to high school, go to the rink, come home. So when I got to university and I was living in a dorm, let me tell you, I was having the time of my life, <laughs> which also meant my academics were not as, as, as great as they probably should have been. So what was your undergrad in? It was in, it was initially trying to be psychology and okay. then it was going to be sociology and right. then it was going to be humanities. I was trying to find myself. Yeah. I just like spread it all out. Yeah. I wanted to originally work um, with children with special needs and figure out what that direction looked like. Um, but York University went on strike. Oh yeah. And my dad got I remember that strike. It was a very long strike too. It was. And when you're sitting in dorm and you've got the mall not far from you you do a lot of shopping oh no that OSAP money yeah all that OSAP money mm-hmm. <laughs> and when my credit card statement came in my good old dad Dr. Hyland was like so how are you gonna pay for this because you're not in school and you're just having fun yeah so he made me come in and work for him and so I thought my job was going to be like reception, marketing and sure. reception oh, and yeah. going to Costco and doing the bank runs all this fun stuff no he made me a system oh wow. and I was like oh like, this is the real world. This is the real world. Like, talk about rude awakening for Carrie Lavachek, <laughs> okay? Carrie Highland at that time. Yeah. So I was like, oh, and after the first day, I'm like, what are all these instruments for? Like, why do you do this? And seeing my dad as a kid, all I saw was that he worked really hard and he was so committed and his phone would ring and he'd go into the office in the middle of the night. I'm like, that's not the business I want to be in. But then seeing him chair side, which is what you experience, was a whole different zone. I was like, oh. My dad is actually kind of cool. Like He's a badass. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, oh, like these patients love him. And they know him differently than I would see. And mm-hmm. I, all the tenderness that he gave and, and, and caring, I'm like, okay. So then shortly after, like a few days later, I was like, dad, I think I'm going to change careers. And I'm going to go into hen- dentistry. He's like, Carrie, your grades? I'm like, oh, no. When I actually try and apply myself, we're going to do something great. We'll be fine. We'll yeah. be fine. We'll be fine when I actually roll out of bed. And yeah, give exactly. A, Get give in, a, give show up to every class, yeah. you know, pay attention. Right. So, so that's literally how I decided to go into dental hygiene. And then, you know, the rest is history. And the same thing happened when I graduated dental hygiene. Um, my dad came in as one of my patients. He's like, so you're graduating in a few weeks. What are you going to do for work? I'm like, oh, I've got to come home. I've got to study for my boards. He's like, yeah. you just graduated and you did well. So maybe reviewing is what you need to do. You're not sitting at home. He's like, you're starting to work at my office again. No way. And I was like, dad, like, I don't want to just I work just for you. I just finished school. I need a break. And he's like, I'm not hiring. Cause back then you actually had to put ads in. And yeah. he's like, I'm not going to hire someone. I, you're, you're available. We will have a one year commitment. You'll come in, you'll work for me for a year. And then we'll see what it is that if whether it's working with my team, if it's working for you. And he's like, you have to learn more than what you learned at school. I want to teach you the communication with the patient, the application, the, yeah. the all the things that... The um, hard part. The hard part. The, the gel that puts all of the things, the good things we learned at school mm-hmm. together. And so um, that was 20 years ago. And you're, so you still work with him? I do, one day a week. That's cool. Yeah. I've, I, we've, we've had a That's few really separations. Cool. I've changed and tried different things. I worked for a small company and did help them with a startup and, yeah. and did some stuff that way. And then eventually we are passive, always sort of connected and how we kind you, of reach out. How do you, like, treat your parent like a professional in your early years? Because, like, now it's different. Like, now you've seen some stuff. Like, you're an adult. You've got kids. But, like, in those early years when you didn't have kids and you were like probably still partying on a Friday night and have patients on Saturday morning and like rolling into your parents house knowing that like dad's gonna see me roll in and then also roll in to perform tomorrow how do you like 
I can envision this happening. I mean, yeah. even if it was just once, like it probably happened where it happened. How do a few you separate? Times. Yeah, <laughs> it probably happened a few times. How do you separate that personal to professional life and not like so have when, moments? So funny enough, when I met my husband, we were out for dinner one day and he was like, so let me get this straight. You work for your dad. I said, yes. And he's like, he's Dr. Highland. I said, yes. He said, but when you lecture, you call him Jim. And Jim and Dr. Holland are the same person. I said, yes. And he's like, and then you also call him dad. I'm like, yes. Yes. So depending on which scenario you meet me in when I'm with my dad, I have different names for him. And that way then I've categorized it. So when I'm in clinic, he's Dr. Highland, And he always will be Dr. Highland. So okay. Dr. Highland gets this particular kind of role or direction or conversation. And then when it's dad, it's a whole different section. Okay. So somehow in my mind, I've been able to compartmentalize where and the relationship so and wait, how to so figure that out. So when is he Jim? So he's Jim when we're out, if we're lecturing, if we're out in, in public and we're at Got a dental it. convention, usually it's Jim because Dr. Highland, we're, we're more at peer yeah. level at that point Got versus it. in the clinic, he's the doctor and he early on wanted to be Dr. So Jim. Wait, what's my name again? Am what's I my Jim? Name again? Who am I? <laughs> or if you like, you get angry with him then at the Jim. office, then Jim. it's like, listen, Jim, Absolutely. I needed you for that checkup 10 minutes ago. That's literally what I do. <laughs> I literally like, I drop the gym card. I'm like, I'll just go get Jim. And they're, he's like, oh, she called me Jim. That means I'm in trouble. I better come right now. She's tried Dr. Highland. She's been here twice. She said, Jim, I, I actually really got to go. I'm like, okay, let's go. Off we go. So he knows if I just like drag, drag him by his collar a little yes. bit. If you ever meet my dad and you're trying to get his attention, just call him Jim and he will like literally go to up. attention. Oh yeah. That's my, so funny. My kids even know You've that. You've trained him. Mm -hmm. My kids know it's that. It's like Pavlov, mm -hmm. but with a name yes. instead of a bell. Yes, my That's little so my little son, he was, I want to say four, and he was like, my dad said, hey, when you're done doing this, let me know and we'll go outside. He's like, Papa, I'm done. Papa, I'm done. And then he's like, Jim, I'm done. I'm like, you can't call him Jim. But he's like, it worked. I'm like, Papa Jim. Papa, Papa Jim's Jim. fine. Right. So if you There's really a respect element. Papa Jim. Interesting. Yes. Okay. So that was 20 years ago yeah. you started. And wh where now? Like how, where did, okay. So uh, thinking of all of the things that you do, you write, you speak. Yeah. Um, where, where, do you remember your first like out of clinical hygiene opportunity? Yes. So what was that first out of clinical hygiene opportunity, so started, however small it was? It was small, um, and I was absolutely terrified of my first speaking gig, and I will remember it forever because my dad, working in a clinic, wanted all the medical doctors to refer to us. And okay. he said, okay, I want you to come in and start talking about halitosis. He's like, you know this stuff better than I do. And he's like, I want to market to them because I want them to know that we can help their patients if, if they don't can't support them or what have you, send them up here and we'll do an analysis and we'll look at their, their whole oral environment in a different way. And I'm like, oh, that sounds great. So I started planning it and he's like, and you're speaking on it. I'm like, to a bunch of physicians, are mm. you bananas? <laughs> I'm like, that was literally throwing me to the wolves. I felt like I was so terrified. I, I honestly, I think I went to the washroom 17 times no before way. I starting to speak. And that was really the first entry point in. And then from there, I'm like, oh, I, I didn't realize how much you know. And I think that for dentistry yeah. in general, you, everybody knows so much, just we forget that that's just the norm. Like we are Rolodexes of information and we yeah. don't always share it with people. And so yeah. that was sort of the first entry point in and then talking about bacteria became part of my common uh, language and just what I love to so, educate so you, people on. So I'm envisioning you in your like <laughs> 20s. Yes, yes I was. Like, 
back then we didn't have like elaborate PowerPoints and nope. like clickers. Nope. So did you just like print out a little laminated yep. pieces of paper and you're like, hello, my name is Carrie Highland and I'd like to talk to you about xerostomia, please. Yep. Pretty and much. then and then how many no's did you have to get? Like what, or did your dad kind of like set them up for you? Um, well, that's sort of how it all started. And then I got really excited about learning about bacterial testing. And so I, Ann Bozy, who was the founder of it all, who taught me all that yeah. I had to know at the beginning stages, she, um, I was like, you need to, you need to listen to me because I'm a clinical hygienist and I can bring you how this really applies in the practice. And so I just sort of followed her around and was like, kept pushing myself. And then it was just from putting yourself out there and asking that eventually then I got connected with people like uh, Crescent RLB and Voco and RDHU and all of those other spots came from just putting yourself out there. Yeah. But it, it took a while. It did. It really yeah. did. A lot of free work. <laughs> you know what? Free but time. Yes. And it, that's where your passion kind of shows. And I think you have to be willing to put some of that out there. Everything that we do is not, it's not always glamorous sure. and glory and it's not always paid, but you want to yeah. do it to move the profession. And I think for you and I, it's like we've got this passion to do that. And that's really what drives me. It's like if I can move the profession, if I can in change the life of a hygienist to be inspired again to bring some excitement yeah. back whatever that is that's yeah. really where and why I do what I do that's why I leave my kids and I do all these things so we can kind of try to help this profession and ultimately help help the world yeah that's the hardest part I think everyone has a different reason why they speak and sometimes it's for the wrong reasons absolutely um, but it's that like legacy thing I think that's the like driver for me too. It's not so much the paycheck or the glam. There is there, no the glam. glam is not. It's not. It seems to be glamorous, but the reality is it's exhausting. Yes. Uh, and draining, like completely draining. Yes. Um, but that's uh, you know the legacy part that we get to leave behind, and perhaps like this is why we are where we are because at some point a dental hygienist somewhere decided to be the first person to take a podium, mm -hmm. whomever that person may be. We have no idea. Like decades later i know and now we're i mean we still have a very small percentage of podium time compared to dentists yes. and specialists but nonetheless someone else did that i think too we have to you have to be comfortable sometimes being uncomfortable or being one of the first ones in the innovators it doesn't always mean that you're perfect or you're right but you've got to kind of be forward thinking and i remember standing in rooms and telling people 15 years ago that they should disclose and the daggers I would get the looks from yeah. the, the, the audience. I'm like, guys, like this should be mainstream. And I'm so excited now that I'm like, hey guys, I've been telling you this for 15 years I and know. now it's normal. I know. Now it's like, oh yeah, of course I do. And I I'm like, know. I am so excited that we have done this. And I'm like, in 10 more years, there'll be so many more things that are just common sense and common knowledge and we make the time. So I feel like sometimes we just have to shift our focus in, in clinic and shift our conversation because we don't have the time not to do some of the things we should be doing, I like know. the oral cancer screenings and the disclosing and the biofilm and all that. Like that's the that's the basics and the heart of what it is. Yeah. We we we've lost that somewhere in just focusing on the procedures, and it's more than procedures that what we do. Are you open for some tough questions to close uh -oh, us off? Maybe. All right. What's one thing you wish you didn't know? One thing I wish I didn't know. Yeah. Oh. Doesn't have to be dental. I know. Related. I'm like, okay, my mind's going all over the place. Um, I wish, I wish I didn't know how many calories were in cake. To be honest with you, I love cake and I'm like, it's this fight with me. I'm like, okay, I really want to have cake and no one else in my family for the record. My children don't eat cake. My husband doesn't eat cake. So I buy a cake and I wish I didn't know how many calories all you. and I will eat it all. 
<laughs> okay, okay, there you go. Right, totally true. not dental related. I thought you were going to say sugar. How much sugar was in no, cake? No, it's calories. It's, it's, it's just it's the calories. The, the sugar is the part number. of it, but I'm like, it's the calorie. I'm like, okay, let's figure that out. All right. Uh, what kind of music do you listen to when you work? When I'm at work, clinically? When you're working on, like, deep thought stuff. Usually. Like, you're putting together a PowerPoint presentation. Yeah, it's usually the radio, because I can tune it out, but it's sort of, like, 104.5 or Mix 99.9. So it's, like, top, top 40, 40 yeah, stuff. Yeah, top 40 stuff, like, kind of, like, enough to kind of keep me going and, and jamming a bit that way. What's, okay, last question. What's one thing you wish you never had to do ever again? I wish I never had to do. Oh, my gosh. I wish I never, ever had to place lingual wires ever again. That was my least, really? I, was my least favorite thing clinically, totally. Oh, I love They stressed them. me out, especially the upper lingual ones. Two to two, oh, three to three. They the interference. Oh, my gosh. They stressed me oh, out. Oh, I could do <laughs> a lingual wire every day of my life. Yes, that would, I would say that would be the first thing. That and, and yeah, that would be, that would be it. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think it's because I, I see so many bad ones. I know. And then I immediately want to take them out. We, we've done that. So if you've met Dr. Dr. Jim. Dr. Jim. Jim. That's usually, Dr. yeah. That he's like, Mr. yeah, this, this needs to be fixed. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. And when I was having a place, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Is, is this going to meet my dad's expectations? She needs a, matri- she needs a matrix. Everyone needs to get our matrix. <laughs> oh. All right. Let's do a part two. Stay tuned for part two with Carrie, not Highland anymore, <laughs> Lepicek. Um, we're going to talk about bugs. You've got some papers in front of you here. We're going to talk about oral vital testing, bacterial testing, DNA testing. So stay tuned. And we'll catch you on the flip side. Peace out, peeps. Oh, hi. So you made it all the way to the end. Thank you for sticking around. And I hope you enjoyed this episode, found it informative, entertaining, and of course, as per usual, find me hilarious. If you liked what you heard, it would really mean a lot to me if you could show your support by liking, commenting, or sharing this episode with a friend or family member. Your feedback and engagement helped me get on the mic today, and it would also improve our future shows and reach more people who maybe could benefit from our content as well. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing to my podcast on your favorite platform or on YouTube. Follow along on this crazy journey with me at toothlife.irene and at toothordare.podcast on Instagram and Twitter. That way you'll be the first to know when episodes are released and you won't miss a beat. I appreciate your support and look forward to bringing you more great episodes in the future. From my team to yours, thanks again for listening and I'll catch you on the flip side.